Hello and welcome to Cause Hivis. My name is Julia Krolkova and I'm a lawyer in the Cause Projects Practice Group. I'm joined today by Ben Davidson, Cause Senior Projects Partner and Cause Consultant and Melbourne University Co-Director of Construction Law Studies, Wayne Josick. This is a first podcast in a two-part series looking at the state of affairs of the Australian construction industry. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the findings of a recent report looking into the health of Australian construction industry. The report was prepared by Professor John Sharkey, Philip Gringham, Dr Matthew Bell, Wayne Josick, myself and Didi Hu. The report is based on the results of a survey conducted from December 2019 to March 2020 and they're insightful. The survey, completed by 125 individuals representing a wide range of participants in the industry, including contractors, principals, lawyers, consultants and project managers. Wayne, Ben, thanks for joining. Wayne, I'll start with you. Can you please touch on the top three challenges named by the survey participants in the tender process? I'm just conscious this is a bit like waiting at the doctor's office where you're waiting for some results about the health. And I'm actually going to leap in with the headline, if you don't mind, just so we're not too nervous. I mean, the headline question was, is the Australian construction industry healthy? And I've got to say, the headline figure is 34%. 34% of respondents think that the industry is healthy. What that means is 55%, more than half, think it's not And there's not much more encouraging that just 50% of respondents feel optimistic about the future. So in short, the impression is that things are not going so well at the moment and only half of people are optimistic about the future. So anyway, I thought I'd put that out there because I know it's it's important to have that sort of nasty diagnosis up nice and early. Uh, Before I get to your question, Julia, thank you very much. So if you think about the ways you can analyse a construction project, the tender phase is very important. And what we found is that people gave us fairly consistent messages about the things that go wrong. So one of the things, unsurprisingly, they spoke about was the quality of information that was provided in the tender. Coupled with that, number two, the time they had to deal with that information to put in a bid, and then the tender conditions. So I think, to me, no real surprises there, but these are things which are significant problems. And what were some of the responses in relation to challenges in the contract phase? Yeah, well, look, again, I think no particular surprises. A couple of the really headline issues related to uh, potential liability. So the idea that there was no uh, capped liability provision in a lot of the contracts. And you pick up a copy of AS4000, a lot of the AS contracts, a lot of bespoke contracts, unsurprisingly, and there's no cap liability. Overall, uh, there's no cap on liability for LDs, for liquidated damages. Then there are concerns separately about uh, liability for indirect or consequential loss. So there's potential outgoings uh, and then concern about narrow entitlements to money. So I think, again, the sorts of things you'd expect. And Ben, are those findings consistent with what you're experiencing in the market? It's a, it's a great question. It's um, absolutely spot on with what we see day in and day out uh, across the industry. So all of those phases, the tender phase, the, the contract phase and the administration phase, are driving uh, constant disputes. And uh, we see it day in and day out on almost every project. And just hovering up for a minute, I mean, it's it's really important. I mean, what we're talking about here is an industry that is driving... of Australia's GDP and employing over a million of its people. 
so getting getting these issues right and managing them properly so that we're not having these problems um, is absolutely fundamental. And, and we are having problems. So um, across the board, uh, on just about every major project that we can see across the horizon, there is some level of disputation. And for a significant number of those projects, it's really serious disputation. Like, it's existential stuff for the players. So there is something fundamentally going wrong if we've got major contracting parties and governments and financiers getting themselves into transactions and deals where they can go so pear-shaped that it's, uh, that it's a real problem for them looking forward. So these are issues that, that um, we are seeing every day and uh, it's fascinating how, how accurate this is as compared to our experience in, in terms of um, what we're seeing. Thank you for sharing your experience, Ben. And Wayne, who did the respondents say should lead the positive change of addressing those issues? Well, this is one area where, again, we saw quite a lot of consistency. Uh, 65% of people thought that it was principles and particularly uh, government that was best placed to lead reform. So I suppose that leaves us with a question. Uh, Is the health of the industry going to improve? I'm afraid in this sort of backwards-looking survey, it's a snapshot. We don't really have the answer to that in a statistical sense. Uh, ben, I don't know whether you have any any views on that, whether you think things are likely to get better you know, and whether you think it's principles and especially government that might be the, the source of that hope. Uh, Wayne, I, I've, I've unfortunately got a dark, a dark view of the world on this. <laughs> I, I think, unfortunately, there is a real risk that despite best endeavours in the market, uh, and, and at a lot of levels. So there's a lot, of, there's a lot of goodwill aimed at trying to resolve these issues. But a lot of the issues just seem remarkably intractable. And what worries me is that um, we're headed to a Carillion-type event. And for those who don't know what Carillion was, it was a very significant construction company in the United Kingdom that um, uh, hit a major insolvency hurdle, having hundreds of, of government contracts and PPPs and other arrangements in play and it caused havoc. So my, my fear is that um, despite all the goodwill and, and all of the efforts that go into reports like this to identify the problems, uh, that there are some systemic problems and issues that are being that are really tough to shift in terms of getting people to change the way they do things. And, you know, that we're going to see a seismic event that is going to be the, the causation of change rather than a, a smooth transition, which is, which is a real shame. But when we see major contracts just rolled out again and the names basically changed on the front and, uh, you know, the same terms that, that the parties have been screaming about being pushed back out into the market, we, we know there's a problem. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, and I, I am conscious that there are lots of people trying to drive something. But uh, I do worry that um, we're going to have some tectonic problem that is actually going to be the, 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 uh, the fulcrum rather than a smooth transition. And Ben, you mentioned that the same terms get used across different contracts. Wayne, I'm interested to discuss the risk allocation that might be used in those contracts. Yeah, so look, there are concerns that were fairly widespread about the same sorts of risks. So one of the critical ones, unsurprising, was latent conditions generally and especially subsurface conditions. I think no particular surprises there. But also, I suppose, more broadly, environmental risks, um, interface risks, and then tying all that together again, the concern about uncapped liability. So they were they were the real concerns that came through uh, from many people, both in the survey responses, but uh, also in the interviews. 
And do the survey results suggest that a change in attitude and behaviours will have any impact on costs? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, of course, this is one of those areas where we can look at the number of responses, 125, it's supported by the interviews, it's hardly the whole industry. So I think we do need to be a little bit cautious about this. But what we saw is that when we asked people to try to quantify the extra costs as a result of some of these difficult concerns in the industry, we saw that they were regularly nominating 15% here, another 15%, 10%. That's the sort of increase uh, that people were um, assessing. So in terms of the tender phase, for example, not getting the right sort of information, not having enough time to price things properly, the tender conditions, what we saw suggested was that that led to something like a 15% increase um, in, the, uh, in the project costs. Now, of course, as I say, we need to assess that with some caution, uh, but there were similar results in the contract phase, thinking about uncapped liability and those sorts of things, and then all the way through to contract administration where you know, even things like the, the way that the claims are dealt with, delays, lack of reasons, all those sorts of things, potentially leading to another 10%. So you can see all of these things together, even if it's a rough indication, uh, do suggest that these problems are having uh, a real impact on the uh, the project costs for, uh, for projects across the industry. Ben, would you say those percentages seem consistent to you with what is happening in the market? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, it, it's, always, it's always very hard to get a, a handle on what is going on in the market, and this report is really helpful to that extent because... Uh, you know, we see a we see a little corner of the market and a snapshot all the time. But there's obviously such a such an extraordinary amount of work going on. I think, in forward estimates at the moment, on a rough calculation, there's about 260 billion dollars worth of government infrastructure investment that's about to be made. So, try, trying to understand how that's uh, how that's playing out and what's going on, they're just such big numbers across so many projects. It's really difficult to track it and understand it. So, we we, we do a lot of sort of sitting and looking at you know our particular corner of the market and extrapolating from there. But I suspect that you know from what we see, that is that is indicative of the sort of problems that uh, are popping up. Thank you, Ben. Wayne, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Well, look, I think there, there are plenty of reasons to be pessimistic about these things, I suppose, just so that we, we don't end on a particularly glum note. I might just remind people about that initial observation that I made, that 50% of people are optimistic about the industry's future. Uh, that is relatively promising. And I suppose the challenge for all of us is to think about what we might be able to do to improve the industry. You know, how can we do better on these things now that we have some clearer evidence about the particular problems that people are finding across the industry. That's the challenges that we're all facing. Thank you, Ben and Wayne, and we look forward to seeing what will happen in the construction industry in the following few months. Can I just add, um, I think um, one, of the, uh, one of the interesting things that struck me in this report was um, the report that's referred to from Athel Yates and Bill Shishigi, I think, I'm not sure how you say his name, uh, but it was a report prepared back in 2001. And I think what's fascinating is when you actually have a look at the, the statistical findings that they made 20 years ago, how similar those issues are in terms of the sort of percentages and issue, just at an issue level, the issues that are cropping up are the same issues. Uh, so I think what is really fascinating is that in 20 years we've we've kind of failed to address these issues and stamp out the problems. And so it will be really interesting to see, you know, what we can do over the next five or ten to really clean this up. And to be clear, we have to clean it up 
And it's not just because, as I said, it's 8% of GDP and a million people. It's because uh, the US has just committed $2.6 trillion to infrastructure. It's because Asia is looking at spending a couple of trillion dollars of infrastructure. If we don't get our market right, we're in an international market. And if, if we can't competitively run a market that is that is operating as well as and efficiently as everyone else's, there will be a diaspora drain. And we will just end up with the F and the Q teams running stuff because they will get sucked over to run bigger and better projects more efficiently in other markets. So if we don't get this right, it's not just a problem for uh, the market itself. It's a problem for Australia. It's a problem for our competitiveness and what we do. So it's something that needs real focus. Thank you, Ben and Wayne. Hopefully we'll see some real change and we're not sitting here in 20 years trying discussing findings of another survey. Thank you both. My name is Julia Kolkova and thank you for listening. The link to the Health of Australian Construction Report can be found on the CORE's website accompanying these podcasts. We look forward to you joining us in the next edition of CORE's Hiveys. This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute and should not be relied upon as legal advice. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances.